You're listening to Never Sleeps Network. Hey, it's Bilal Bakani. I'm joined by good old AR Alex Ross and Daniel Shahori, my second favorite Daniel and uh, AW Dynamite. Oh, they've got some limited appeal. Let's get right into it. Cody started at Master Control, not unlike the hacker WWE has. In fact, uh, a, lot of, a lot like that. He started to go through every single person who was in the stupid TNT mid-card title tournament. Sammy, Lance Arger, Kip Sabian, Darby Allen, Dustin Rhodes. I got a voicemail from Arn Anderson. He was doing his best Batman. This went on forever. We know he's going to face Lance Archer. Daniel, what was the point of this? <laughs> was, uh, no, that's the point of it. Uh, but I think they, they, it's still better than what you would see. It would be mishandled on WWE TV. I know this is going to be a constant theme tonight. Mm-hmm. But uh, that's what I feel. I, I liked it. But yeah, yeah, I was, it wasn't as good as Mustafa Ali. Alex- it's very clear where it's going. Uh, AEW finds ways to take wrestlers that remind me of the good old days and still be completely irrelevant to today's standards. Oh, that's good. I'm relabeling the podcast that, um, all right, moving on, uh, irrelevant. This is great because all the hate will be directed at Alex, but they'll still blame me. Uh, I want to shout out how bad this company is doing in marketing. TSN sent out an alert that said, see Kenny Omega, Dustin Rhodes, and Sammy Guevara in action. I don't think anybody knows who Sammy is outside of hardcore wrestling fans. Uh, Dustin, this could be his last match. And yes, Kenny is the guy you should promote. Um, but maybe promote Chris Jericho on commentary or Cody. Those yes. are the two guys who should be stars. But anyways, moving uh, swiftly on. Jericho was on commentary. I just, you have to acknowledge he's amazing at this. And I will acknowledge it every time he's on commentary. Because uh, in terms of a wrestler doing commentary, I think he's actually the greatest. So, yep. I will give him that. Uh, and Alex, did you have any lines from Jericho in particular? Because uh, I don't have enough time. There's a bunch of stuff that was just great. You know, I appreciate their bubbly bunch, you know, efforts the, to do some of that extra content. And uh, considering what they're able to do with limited resources, they're trying. But also, you know, you got to give credit where credit's due. But they're kind of coming up not great for the most part. Yeah, let me extend uh, that theme as we got, uh, oh man, we had a Sammy Guevara video package. This guy, and I know we've talked about this, Daniel, he calls himself the best. What's his lifetime record? 10 and 12. 10, he's not even 500. (laughs) How do you think you're the best? You're the most delusional idiot in wrestling. He's been booked 50-50 and he thinks he's the best. He thinks he's going to win this tournament, which he's not. He's Chris Jericho's number two. He thinks he's number one. this isn't even funny as ironic. It's just annoying and stupid. Anyone with any perception of anything can see through this. And he's not a very uh, compelling character unless you're just desperate to suck on AEW's teat. Uh, Daniel, what did you think? Look, I agree with you. And I think Sammy's more of a natural baby face. And one day he'll mm. go back to that. Uh, you know, when they first started the keeping track of the wins and the losses, I thought that was a great idea yeah. for about a, a week. And then it occurred to me, you're just going to expose everything you just said. I agree with you. It just exposes that you can't say any of these things when you have like a 500 record. You can't say you're the best ever at 23 when you lose half the time. If he just adjusts his messaging, I'd be okay. Like if he just can, if he was contesting the losses, if he said the system was screwing him, you know, if he had a good narrative, Jericho does some of this stuff. Jericho blames referees. He points out rule issues, and I don't know how he hasn't learned this stuff from Jericho. Alex, what did you think of this Guevara promo or lack thereof? 
Yeah, I, I'm. Uh, I like what they're doing with the After Effects. Actually, from like mm. a production standpoint, it's it's eye catching, but it's kind of a, like I, I, I. It doesn't appeal to me. I don't know enough mm. of what's going on. I'm a bad person to ask. No, and this is a great point. This guy should be establishing his character, where he comes from, why he's so confident. He shouldn't be trying to sell himself as. He shouldn't be telling us what he is. He should be showing us what he is. And I don't understand how they haven't figured this out and how they just, and it's not just him. It's Santana and Ortiz. It's the young bucks. It's like 10 guys in this company. You think there's a lot of them, even Darby Allen. It's a lot of them. Yeah. I did like Sean Spears had a little sign that said, Sammy owes me money, which is a nice callback to Sammy has done these signs. And I like Sean Spears. So that was good. Um, Although I have to admit, Daniel, I don't think I recognized anyone else on the heel side of that crowd because these are supposed to be maybe not the mid card, but the lower card. But man, like who, who was at ringside for the heel side? Who was there? Well, aside they had Britt Baker there for a moment. Yeah, she was left. later on. Mm-hmm. Uh, Penelope Ford was there for a bit and then she left. Yeah, and that factored and then, into uh, a match. Right. Uh, no, you're yeah, on both sides. Uh, the, the, the wrestler that Jericho refers to as and who will always be known as Pineapple Pete. I don't know who yeah. that is. <laughs> well, okay, Pineapple. at least he's yeah. recognizable. Yeah. Like, I give him credit for that. So That guy's always going to, when the crowds come back, he's always going to be Pineapple Pete, whatever he's it is. Over. Yeah. He's over yeah. already. Jericho yeah. knows how to plant a seed. Mm-hmm. And yeah. He knows how to plant lots of seeds. And then the ones that hit stick. And I love Pineapple. I was going to... No, it's a great gimmick. Yeah. <laughs> you know, he's not going to be good, but he's a great jobber now, and he's at least established... Uh, we did get a Darby Allen video package, and um, this was literally old style and no substance. And then when he came out, Darby Allen is one of the best theme songs in AEW, and you couldn't yeah. even hear it. And the commentators couldn't shut up, and I like Jericho, but the guy's got a great theme song that elicits an emotion that is his character, and you just talked over it. Um, That's a good, good point. Yeah. I agree. Sam, and, and the thing is, Sammy attacked him before the match, and that would have been more effective if he had just come out to music and then bam, Sammy hits him before you can say anything. This was a nice callback to the rivalry before. There was a splash off a ladder spot. And I was like, man, how has he not gotten this guy in the ring and they rung the bell? Just felt a little too staged, but it did make a good commercial break. Uh, and then Darby won out of nowhere. I, I don't know what this match was supposed to be. You had Sammy dominate just to get surprised by Darby, who he knows very well. I don't know. Daniel, what was it supposed to be? I'm so lost. Uh, well, it was, look, overall, I really, uh, I guess uh, I got lost in the map. I really liked this. Uh, in fact, great I thought this was one of the better empty arena matches I've seen from either company uh, for, for a regular TV match. I thought it was really good, um, especially that, that one spot they did where uh, he was giving him the ankle lock off the top yeah. rope. And uh, Jericho had said, he said, I'd never seen that before, and I hadn't seen that before either. That was really cool. Yeah, this really should have been the main event, and it's better than the main event we'll get to later. Alex, what was your sort of impression more casually, maybe not having the backstory of these two guys uh, as ingrained on you? Yeah, these are two young guys showing off, and I think you're right, Bilal. The storyline is not strong enough to be main event, but this was a main event match. It was fun to watch. Yeah, yeah I would have rather this had been the main event, and they've built it more. I think it could have been. Um, we'll get into the build for the quote-unquote main event, which uh, was literally the worst main event I think I've seen in wrestling all year. Uh, maybe in a maybe. full year. Uh, we got Matt Hardy at his compound, had some amazing stuff about the inner circle, and he sort of was going after Jericho, 
And then he sort of pointed out that Sammy Guevara was the only one to really call him out or mention him in their uh, bubbly bunch thing last week. And this was very, very interesting because he kind of set up a match with Sammy sort of as a messenger for Jericho. It's a very smart way to extend this feud. Uh, then yes. Broken Matt Hardy became regular Matt Hardy, which is more of a novelty than anything functional, but it was still entertaining. Um, I actually think this was the best thing on the show, Daniel. I think this is a great character uh, putting himself in the AEW sphere, and we'll get to a couple characters who aren't doing that very well. Uh, and Matt Hardy is just amazing. Uh, also, one of my favorite things on the show, a uh, really smart way to extend the program, like you said, uh, especially when you you don't have access to half of these guys. So yeah. it, was, it was smart all around. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. He, he's, he gets better uh, with age, Matt Hardy. Alex, what do you make of all this? Because it, it is pretty bizarre, I will admit. It's so bizarre. <laughs> like, I, I enjoy it for how, like, interesting he is trying to be. But then when it's said and done, like, would this work in, like, WWE? And that's the standard. It, it didn't. Right? Yeah. Well, they didn't allow, they didn't allow him to, to, to do what he was doing here. Mm. Oh, is that what AEW becomes? Just like, uh, you know, if it doesn't work here, let's try it at AEW. Well, it had worked elsewhere originally, and then went to WWE. They stalled it. They didn't give it. They didn't allow it to be what it was, and now he he gets to have creative freedom again. Yeah, I think it's the uh, best case scenario. And it, I, yeah. the worst case and the best case scenario at the same time. Yeah, he sh- Matt Hardy should not be the best part of a show that's on TNT. Like, again, this is the same channel that is inside the NBA with the greatest sports halftime show ever with Charles Barkley and uh, Shaq, and then they got Matt Hardy and a drone. It's a bit of a drop-off, but what can you do? Uh, Taz was then explaining Kenny Omega to us. Dan, I love Kenny Omega. I think he's one of the greatest wrestlers in the world, but this seems so unnecessary. The, the, what, the, the segment itself? The Taz explanation, just like... Hey, if you don't understand Kenny Omega, I'm Taz. I'm going to explain it to you. Uh, come on. Like, uh, what is that? I, again, I liked it. I, again, because when this, when this company started, they, had, they made this promise that they were going to have this sports-like presentation. And now they're, they're, they're starting to do that, right? And uh, it, it, it made me uh, look at Kenny Omega slightly like in a way that I hadn't considered him before. So for me, as a, as a fan, I was like, okay, wow, you, you just uh, – I agree in theory because I know last week when they had Moxley versus Hager, they brought in a lot of ESPN, UFC guys, Bellator guys. I'm wearing the Bellator short now. Uh, that's just a coincidence. And it worked incredibly well. I actually think it got Hager over as a more legitimate threat, having these real sports broadcasters in. And I guess maybe the comparison makes this seem a lot weaker. This is just Taz at his house putting a guy over uh, and then putting some footage. And some of it was well done. Al- Alex, what did you make of this? I mean, Kenny's a star, mm-hmm. at least in the making, and I'm interested to see where he goes at A&W, but, it, it, you know, watching him against jobbers doesn't really do anything for me. Yeah, and that's what we got. We got Alan Eagles, or Alan Angels, whatever the hell his name is, it doesn't matter. Um, and I just kept thinking throughout this, Daniel, like, where the hell is Hangman Page? Like, can't he at least Skype in a video or record <laughs> some on his phone? The guy's like the most overstar in the company. And he's just like, nah, guys, I'm just going to take it easy. I'm going to take my tag team title. Kenny can do all the heavy lifting. I don't need to do anything. Like, how? The, the, the COVID took his gimmick away with the, taking the beer from the audience. That was, his, that was his big thing. 
and oh. uh, I know. I, I don't know. You're right, though. I don't know why he hasn't sent in a video. Uh, getting back to this this match quickly, it's mm. just uh, I don't know why these top stars give the the enhancement talent so much offense. Mm, I couldn't believe how much offense this guy got in on Kenny Omega. I was like, why? Yeah, it just felt like why charity. Did, yeah, you know? for for what? What? And we know Kenny's good. I think it's written all over him. I think it's clear Jericho was putting him over. Heck, Jericho had time to shout out yuck yucks in this, Alex. So there I know. you go. I, that, that was like the best was, part of yeah. this match. Yeah. Oh, man. Uh, Alex, what did you did make? Did you catch of- that, Alex? No, I didn't. So you referenced uh, the yuck yucks. Yeah, Daniel, can you retell the bit? Because I'm starting to zone out at this point at uh, Dynamite. Well, he was League. basically referring to the, uh, the, the guy that uh, Kenny was wrestling uh, uh, as sort of like an opening act. He's like, he'd, he'd be like the opening act you would see at Yuck Yucks. That was what? A- uh, that's huge. That and, and Kenny's like the headliner. Like that was the, the I'm paraphrasing. But that yeah, was yeah, but the, that was the analogy. Yeah. And as, as yeah. perfect, Jericho is Canadian. The nice shout out. Very cool. Um, Alex, you're about, you know, after that, things dropped off a cliff. Uh, Scorpio Sky got a video doc that's to be continued. I don't know what the hell there's to continue on this guy's story. Like, look, there's a lot of things that happen in his life that I empathize with as a human being. But Daniel, I have to be honest. If we were doing a draft on the AW roster and guys you wanted to profile and give me their backstory and have me invest in them, I think Scorpio Sky is one of the most least interesting guys in their entire roster. I really do. But, but to, to that point, mm. did this not help? Oh, this I learned helped. so this much helped. about him. But you only can do so many of these, and you have so many guys. Like Jimmy Havoc, who had a match on this card – I know nothing about the guy, and I've been watching Dynamite since You're the right. start. And they're sticking him in this tag team, which we'll get into. He could have used this more. Kip Sabian, who's in the main event, could have used something like this, I guess, a week ago in retrospect. Penelope Ford could have used this a week ago. These people are getting – like, when is the last they can time all use it. Scorpio You're Skies right. had a match? A month ago? You're two right. months ago? I don't even know. Like, but didn't we, we just – we just said that we wanted Hangman Page to do exactly this. Uh, I guess it's whoever's getting off their ass and doing these things. I guess, but even in that team of SCU, I, like despite the fact Kazarian and Daniels are more established stars, those guys are tangibly more interesting. Scorpio Sky is like the Xavier Woods, and that's a very generous comparison of that team. He's the third guy. He's the last guy I want to hear about, and not in an Orange Cassidy way, which we'll get to later. Like I tried to write Scorpio Sky in my notes here. And I just wrote Skyrim Sky. That's how insignificant this guy is. Alex, what do you think of this? Uh, you know, I kind of lost interest up until the, uh, like, yeah, all, all this jobber and no chemistry. I was just interested in watching the packages as they kind of flew by. But, yeah, no, I, I mean, I started lost interest until Orange Cassidy versus Jimmy Havoc. And that's a great point. Why not do a background on Orange Cassidy? This guy's got a match. This guy's been on the cards. Anyways, we'll move on. Uh, Dustin, I I thought he left a voicemail for Cody, and the only way you could tell it wasn't a voicemail is because he said it wasn't a voicemail, which tells me it was a voicemail that they just cut together to make it not appear like a voicemail, which is really stupid because these guys are brothers. No brothers have conversations where one just drones on for an entire promo, and it's like, okay, I'll just listen to you as you end your career here on this company I work with. Completely unbelievable. Uh, and this notion that he would lose in this yes. match, if he lost against Kip Sabian, he would retire. Yeah. Dustin Rhodes has had such a great career. There's no way this guy should retire in an empty arena, Daniel. No. The entire thing was No, I know. It was, it was the most fa- 
most fabricated of uh, of teases. Like no, there, nobody believed that for a second. Yeah, Alex, did they even? Was there even a second where you thought, oh, this might be his last night? I mean, it should have been. I think, uh, <laughs> yeah, for a lot of reasons, man. I can't watch uh, Dustin Rhodes wrestle anymore. It's not. He doesn't have any interesting or I have no interest in watching him perform. Like he's mm-hmm. no Goldberg. He's no, yeah. you know, if he was maybe still gold dust or some sort of character, if, if he maybe dropped that gold dust character long ago, I don't know. It's just, it's clearly a lot of bad career mistakes have led him to, to this. What are they going to do with him? Like how do you, What's his swan song here? You I know? think he's just sort of a jobber at this point. Like, I know they're trying to give him more, but Daniel, I, like, is there anything that we're missing here? Is there, is there, you know, should we, is there a narrative I'm not picking up on? I think he is going to retire very soon. And mm-hmm. under regular circumstances, they would probably be building to that retirement. Kind of the way it, it seems like how they did with Flair. Okay, as soon mm-hmm. as you lose, you're done. Yeah. And he'll just keep fighting off retirement until he absolutely can't. And someone's, he'll put somebody notable over on the way out. Well, I'll tell you who's going to put over is Lance Archer in the next round. Cause that's the end of him yes. in this tournament, isn't it? So like, but that still add- won't be, he's not going to give that stipulation next week. Yeah. Which is, well, the, see, this is the problem, right? You shouldn't have given it this week. He's not going to give it next week. And I he agree. wasn't, maybe if he was in the final with Cody, but they've already done Cody and Dustin. Like, right. I, he probably shouldn't even be in this tournament. Like, there's probably seven other guys. I'd throw Scorpio Sky in there if you're going to build him up, who would be more deserving uh, to go on to this tournament and have a platform. He clearly can't make it. Yeah, I guess. I don't know. Um, th- there was an ad for the Being the Elites YouTube channel. Uh, there's other stuff on this show I'm not even going to fully go into. JR's book was plugged at one point. Under the black hat. Yeah, like, it was a bitly link on TNT. Like, this is just kind of, at some point, this TNT just says, cut this crap out. Like, this is kind of unbelievable. Hey, JR needs his residuals, man. He's, He's not doing spend this it on barbecue free. sauce. Oh, fuck. He, he should. All the bar- he should open up a barbecue. Under the black uh, spice rub, uh, black uh, brisket, <laughs> black and under the black Angus. Oh, oh Daniel, that's why you're here. Yeah, I don't it's know. A burger Daniel? place. It's a burger place. Like Daniel, who is this for? Who needs a YouTube ad for being the elite? Either you're watching it or you're not. Who's this? Look, for? I'm a fan, but I don't. But I, I'm with you. I don't watch it either. Uh, every now and then, I'll watch Being the Elite, but no, I don't follow it on a regular basis either. The only person this is probably going to work on is me, because now I'll just watch it to make fun of it. But anyways, Jimmy Havoc took on Orange Cassidy, and I love Orange's entrance from wherever Wayne, whatever. Uh, just, just awesome, awesome stuff. These guys have two of the best theme songs in AEW, I would say, too. Just great entrance music. Penelope Ford got involved in this match, and this, like, I love this match. This is a great match. This could have been the main event. But, man, once Ford got involved, I just started to really ask a lot of questions. First of all, shouldn't her and Kip Sabian be getting ready for the main event? Isn't that a bigger priority than some random match? And also, what's their game plan here? To get beaten up Two on one, while Penelope two on three, while Penelope is helpless to watch. Like, what is this, Daniel? I am just lost. Well, I look. I, we have. To, I, I should have said this off the top, and we know like a lot of this wouldn't be happening under regular circumstances. Mm-hmm. And I know both companies get a pass mm-hmm. to to an extent, so they are working with 
I'm not, I'm not defending this. I'm just mm. saying this is just a plan B of because mm. again we're missing half the roster, mm. so they're just doing what they're using what they have, who they have, and they're coming up with these side angles because they have to. So it's just and again uh, WWE gets a pass for this to a point as well, but uh, it, it is what it is. But I agree, yeah, so it's not great, but it's mm. it, they're just using what they have. Well, in fairness to WWE, they are doing things more creatively. They're offering an interim cruiserweight championship. They have a Money in the Bank thing happening in their Stanford, Connecticut offices, which is a terrible idea, but I can't wait to watch it. Uh, I'm Alex, so excited for that. Yeah. yeah, it's completely inadvisable, but we will watch it. Uh, Alex, what was your thoughts on this fairly interesting one-on-one match that got completely out of hand? Uh, I like Orange Cassidy. You guys have sold him to me. He's he's over, as you would say. Uh, this, again, I still feel like the AEW wrestlers are still figuring out who has the best chemistry. So it's when you put someone as good as Orange Cassidy or someone who is as over as Orange Cassidy, it's very tough. Uh, you can, like, see the lack of chemistry him and Jimmy Havoc. And also yeah. the idea is, like, you know, he's looking for his Shawn Michaels or his Bret Hart, let's say, to the mm. Shawn Michaels that is Orange Cassidy. It's clearly not Jimmy Havoc. Clearly we're working towards something bigger. But at the same time, AEW, step it up. You yeah, know? put him in this TNT tournament. Orange Cassidy should be the TNT champion. It does nothing for Cody. It does nothing for Archer. And those two guys are going to get it. Complete mm. waste of time. Uh, speaking of which, MJF had a – Pretty clever promo. I'm going to give him that. But it was essentially ruined by some shoddy production and a lot of cliches. Daniel, I know people love this guy, but he's really just the poor man's Miz. Isn't that really what he is? <laughs> Look, like younger. I'm a, big, I'm a big fan of his, but that wasn't his best work. I thought that was just... Uh, There's some good stuff in there. Poem. You know? It, it was fine, but it, not his best work. Alex, you know comedy very well. You know roasting and all these, you know, kind of methods of getting reactions out of people. I think in a wrestling context, he's definitely above average. I think it's just funny that they're doing all these quarantine shoots mm-hmm. that are being supplemented. So clearly it's like his girlfriend or something is shooting him. Well, I would imagine his mother, but go on. Yeah, mother. sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's exactly it. Like, all these videos are them at home in their, like, rooms. They're all, like, 20-something, a lot of mm-hmm. these wrestlers. So, I mean, they're trying. I, I Again, none of these promo, none of these guys are doing anything interesting. It's a lot to do with costume and setting and lack of announcer. Mm-hmm. You know, if, if Jericho or somebody was more able to interview them, even from a distance. Yep, yeah, a know. Skype interview. I didn't even think of that. That's a great – if you had Jericho and Siobhan or Siobhan or whatever, if you had the, those two guys interviewing this guy via Skype and he was just being a dick to them, you know, or maybe he was being a dick to Tony and not Jericho, it would have at least given a natural, almost like a crowd work type reaction to it. Uh, and instead what we got was a, a pretty stiff – cliched promo again i like some of the stuff mjf's a creative guy but you know this whole thing was just kind of meh um we got lee johnson who was called a star in the making after two straight losses talk about spin uh getting killed by wardlow who's mjf's muscle um yes murdered yeah i just don't call this guy a star in the making and it's like what you said earlier way too long of a squash match just like crush him and be done with it 
he shouldn't have gotten a lick of offense in. Mm-hmm. Uh, Wardlow should have, and Wardlow looked like, but this kid, great. this kid made Wardlow look fantastic. I'll give him that. Yeah, no, he looked better than Brody Lee, who we'll get to in a Ooh, second. Alex, what do you yeah. think of this? He looks like a young rhino. Yes. Ooh. Well, a much I more fit, so a much taller Thicker, rhino. But... but yeah, I agree. I thought that as well. All right, we'll get right to Mr. Brody Lee, as I should have called him earlier. He beat, I don't know, Justin Law or some guy. I didn't even write beat. I wrote best. I don't know what the hell's wrong with my notes. Um, this, and there's, I think there was a video. I honestly forgot any of it because it just was, it just flowed through me. Oh, man, this is, I'm actually, I feel sad for Brody Lee because he had a great chance to be the exalted one. And instead of playing into that gimmick, he, him and AEW felt like they had to take shots at Vince McMahon in such a convoluted way that I think we've all lost all interest in this. Uh, look, again, they're, they, the timing of this, like they can't, they're a big group, but they can't have any of them. What happened to Evil Uno? And like they, he can't be there. Half of these, the, the creepers can't be mm-hmm. there anymore. Yeah. Uh, so he, so he's. It's almost like the Dark Order is not even a thing. He's just he's just there by himself, even though they've been built into this forever, and now they're not even together. So it's again, they're just treading water with this. Well, they got too many big guys squashing people too. They just they need to mix just this. Too up. many similar guys. Yeah. And Brody Lee is very similar to Lance Archer. Yeah, who's very similar to Wardlow, who we also saw. Yeah. Um, Alex, what did you think of Mr. Brody Lee? That guy is boring. And, <laughs> um, like he, he, we think he's cooler. They're trying to make him out to be bigger mm-hmm. than he is. I like his size, which I don't think they're really using. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know that last shot before the pin, uh, just after the uh, good old Jr. Uh, under the black hat uh, ad promo that stuck around for a while. Uh, that big clothesline finish, like I get it. He's a big, powerful guy, but are you really showing it off? Like, mm-hmm. you know, what, I expect him to be doing a lot more tall, strong, holding suplexes, a lot more than what we've seen. I don't know what they're – are they saving it for something? Are, are we yeah, be, uh, to some extent building up to something here? I, I don't know. I think this whole angle has lost all momentum. Uh, but we'll move on. We got Cassidy – and the best friends backstage. Who was the interviewer on this, Daniel? Was that just some random person who worked for them? I was the way they shot it with who that was either, right? Yeah, it was very weird. Um, at, at that point, I think you just give the three guys a mic. There's enough people there. Um, but this is pretty good. You know, the, I like these three guys. I, I think they'll do well. They are doing well. And then we got another bubbly bunch thing. And this is like the law of diminishing returns. There are a lot of nice <laughs> touches throughout this thing. But man, by the time we get to a TikTok video, I love Jericho. But I and I think actually Santana and Ortiz were pretty good in this. Sammy's a very like actually got his character over here a bit. Uh, and Hager like did some good lines, shockingly. And and I actually I kind of liked it better when he didn't talk. But like overall, the effort is good here. But this reliance on a format week after week when Jericho's already on commentary and Sammy's already in a match. It's just too much. Like, this needed to be a month from now, not, you know, back-to-back weeks. Uh, I agree. Again, another, another segment that wasn't their best work. Uh, I like all these guys. But th- my problem with all of this, I don't want to sound like Jim Cornette, but this is the top heel, comp- uh, heel group in the company. Mm. 
but they're all acting like baby faces in this in this whole segment. They're yeah. all trying to be funny and cute, and you don't take them. None of them like uh, Santana and Ortiz. They're just lovable goofs now. They're not mm-hmm. these street, these dangerous street thugs that Jericho calls them. Yeah, and I think why that's why Hager needed to be the tough guy who didn't even talk. Uh, Alex, what did you He's take a funny out guy of this? too now? No. Um, they need better writers at yeah. AEW. Their writing is lacking. Like it's a good premise. Hmm. Uh, it's making fun of them just being a bunch of twenty-something-year-olds. Well, their parents. One have. of them. One of them. Yeah, or they all. Well, I'm sure they're. It doesn't matter. There, a lot of them are thirty and forty, and so hmm. they're probably also living at their parents' house too. Hmm. So, uh, yeah. I mean, again, the writing is just poor. Yeah, I just exposed that so much. Uh, John Mox shouldn't be writing. Jericho shouldn't be. He's pulling too much weight. Yeah. This overexposed him. He's very. They good. don't have writers. They don't, did you eh? see, but did you see what they did with the Viking Raiders on Raw? On yeah, Monday no, no, that Raw? was very bad too. But here's what I would say about that. And for anyone who doesn't know, the Viking Raiders basically did car karaoke and their gimmick and a chant. That was an entire video package. And it was pretty cringeworthy. I'm not going to be the first person to say that. But at the end of the day, the, the saving grace was these are two people who haven't spoken before. It was, I think they knew how campy and how ridiculous it was. And it was short. And it had a, a simple point. It was still bad, but at least it was a one-off progression of a character that we had. It was different. You know what I mean? Like a these one-off are both so bad. far. You don't yeah. know that. Uh, listen, I'll tell you this. If they do that every week, I'm going to hate it. Mm-hmm. But if that's a one-off so these guys can start to do funnier things in the ring because WWE seems to have this need to have a comedy tag team, okay, I think that's all right. Like, I'm not crazy about it. But let's see. I'm, gonna, I'm willing to reserve judgment on that. But it could be a disaster. Um, we also had a John Moxley video. This just flew right past my head. Did very little, except remind me that he's their world champion and had nothing to do with this show. Uh, Alex, what did you think of this? Uh, I started to really get into it at this point. Oh. But, you know, once they started to build up to the actual match, I just was like, okay, I, I don't know why I like this in the first place. Daniel, the Moxley. I don't think I. I don't think I saw the Moxley video. It was basically just a highlight package, and it just was like, "This guy's our uh, world champ, but he's not here." So here's some video clips of him. It's like, well, oh, I missed that. Yeah, you missed nothing. Uh, the main event was also something I missed a lot of. Dustin Rhodes took on Kip Sabian with Penelope Ford, of course. Uh, and I, I've likened Penelope Ford to Lana meets Selena Vega. That's very Good. generous, but she, she's quite great. I will give her that. Uh, and she's won some single matches, singles matches as well. Uh, Dustin had a pretty good video here. But, man, like, you just knew Kip couldn't win this match. And then Brandy got involved. And then Penelope got involved. And we had seen Penelope and Kip earlier get involved. We've seen way too much of Brandy. We saw Cody earlier. Like, I, this is, in terms of a main event, I can't remember the last time I paid less attention to a main event. I can't tell you anything about this. I don't even know if I watched this match. I just sort of heard it around me while I was doing other things. I have seen main events on 205 Live, on main event, definitely on NXT, miles ahead of this. I think this is arguably one of the worst matches on the show. And I couldn't care less about it. Kip Sabian and Dustin are two guys who absolutely should not be in this tournament. You know, that Orange Cassidy-Jimmy Havoc match should have replaced this match. Like, I just, Daniel, I'm at a loss for words. This was terrible. It's terrible. It wasn't great, and you're right. Like it, it had 
uh, other than they this fabricated uh, uh, stipulation that nobody bought, it had no reason to be. Other, but because of that stipulation, you had to make it the main event because it potentially could have been mm-hmm. Dustin Rose's final match. But we no, I, look, I'm with you. I, I, it was one of the. Uh, it was my least favorite match on on the show tonight. That's for sure. Yeah, Alex. Uh, Uncle Fester from WCW was a better gimmick. (laughs) This was like Kane, almost. Like they were going Mm. for like the Kane look makeup. Mm. I don't know why. Why is this guy? Why is this still happening? I just like it's so (laughs) so confusing to me. Like, well, here let's let's play devil's advocate because Dustin has some miles left in him. We've seen that, right? But Daniel, if if I just gave you Dustin Rhodes to book against anyone you wanted in AEW. Just list as many people as you want right now. Who would you like to see, who would you like to see him face? Doink the Clown. <laughs> Active competitor. At please. this point, uh, yeah. like there's no dr- uh, dream match per se, uh, <laughs> but they could they could build like I I was certainly wasn't uh hankering for for uh when he had the pay-per-view match with uh J- Jake Hager, mm-hmm. but when they but when they built that match, I, I, I was totally into it. Yeah. Um, but so, again, so they could do that with anybody, mm-hmm. theoretically. But there is nobody, you're, like, there's nobody, I'm like, oh, I can't wait for, no, there's nobody. But they could make a story because AEW can be clever. Um, you know, perhaps, uh, you know, maybe he can have one more with Jericho. That could be something. Cody yeah. Rhodes. Yeah, like I don't oh. mind them going back to that. I know they've done it, but they could go back to that. Or like yeah. a tag match, maybe like the yeah. Rose Brothers winning the tag titles. That yeah, that that yeah, that would be another spin on it. See, this is the other problem. They were so non-committal to this match that we had the Kip and Penelope Ford angle earlier in the night. They are already booking Kip Sabian in his feud after this. Like you can't undermine your main <laughs> event by planting the next match for the guy who's going to lose the main event. I already think he has no chance and then you're going to undermine it even more. Like I just, I like there was a lot of times throughout the night where they did a better job than they have in the past of putting things in the right sequence, like the Sammy Guevara match. And then the mention by Matt Hardy, that was in the right sequence, but this was your main event and it didn't feel like a main event at all, except for that tacked on Justin will retire. If he loses here, that was the only thing that made this a main event. And to Cody, for Cody to start this show with his little Batman wannabe Batcave thing, and even for him to not completely be focused on his brother's career ending just speaks to how little this mattered. Cody was yep. too busy going through his scouting reports for every single person in this tournament when he knows he's just going to face Lance Archer. Like, I, I just... You're you're right. Uh, I agree, and he, he and he probably should have been there, considering this might have been his brother's mm-hmm. last match. Yeah, I didn't even uh, think no, of that. No, well, I, that's what I thought you were actually alluding to as well. But uh, uh, yeah, no, I agree with you. Uh, it was what it was. No, yeah, it wasn't great. Alex, uh, in terms of a main event, I I think this is the worst one in years. Where where would you rank this? Um, was this a main event, or is just yeah. something to fill in? You know, I think they're just filling in time slot. I don't think they have a main event mentality yet. They're not doing it with the right oh. people. 
They shouldn't be doing a tournament semifinal as a main event. Get with the program, mm. AEW. Well, I think it was a quarterfinal. It wasn't even a semifinal. That's quarter, the other crazy quarter, thing. Yeah, sorry. You know, like, no, but you're right. If it was a semifinal and this was Lance Archer and Dustin, then maybe you can get there with Cody at ringside, as Daniel pointed out. <clears throat> and I just, I want to go back to Raw because I know Daniel wants to make this comparison and it'll be the last thing we do here. We had Drew McIntyre, the WWE champion, demolishing uh, Angel Garza in a match and destroying the U.S. champion Andrade and Austin Theory. That's a main event to me. That is your top guy annihilating a stable by himself and leaving Selena, Selena Vega jaw-dropped. That felt big. This, this felt like a mistake. This felt like a typo in a, a match card, you know. Um, <laughs> uh, it, just, it just made me – it reminded me how much I, I missed – I'm really starting to miss the audiences, the crowds yeah. for these shows. And because and, it reminds like decisions like this, again, are only made because of this, because of what is happening. This would never, ever have been a main event two months ago. They yeah, would have done no, this. Fair. Uh, but it's, well, it is fair and it's not fair. Because again, you made, you're right. Uh, Raw made a better choice to close the show with, right? And it really made your top guy. Mm-hmm. But who's the top guy? Uh, Moxley. He, hmm. but he's not there for whatever because he can't be there. But uh, I guess everybody lives in Florida, and uh, uh, again, but I, I, I just that's what at the end of this, like, like I'm, I'm getting really tired of uh, watching these empty arena shows, hmm. and I wish uh, both companies would take a break, but uh, that doesn't seem to be happening. Yeah, and if, if for nothing else, because ratings are down, and take a hint, guys. Um, but I think uh, that wraps it up well. And I guess next we'll take a look at Monday Night Raw so Daniel has a chance to pick it apart. Alex, any last things you want to say about this card um, before we go? I'll give you the last one on this. Uh, dark Side of the Ring, Dean <laughs> Bravo. That, I look forward to that. that. That guy, why are all the Canadians being uh, so ruthlessly torn apart this season? And maybe that's why they got Jericho to be the narrator oh, to lessen the blow. Yeah, but uh, Kenny Omega, let's hope he's a superstar and never is featured on an episode of Dark Side of the Ring mm. in 30 years. <laughs> yeah, I'll leave it at that. Alex, Daniel, thank you. Guys. Never Sleeps Network. This has been a Never Sleeps Network production, executive produced by Alex Ross. For more information and content, visit NeverSleepsNetwork.com.